we had foam trucker hats and and printed on the foam, not not because they were cool, by the way, it's mainly because they would float if you were in a boat and they fell out. That was why we had them. But on the hat, it was green. Are you getting a theme? Pickle. It was green. On the hat, it said the following. Pickles Gap Baptist Church. Ready? A dilly of a church. That's the stupidest thing you could put on a hat. Awful. So that's the youth ministry I grew up in. And we had this big honking school bus that we went everywhere in that was painted and had our name on it. And people would poo-poo everywhere we went. And look, it was just a, it was a horrible youth group. I had a horrible youth ministry experience growing up, right? Because it was just full of idiots. You know what I'm saying? I'm serious. There was this guy named Carl. And Carl, Dave, we finally gave Carl a line. We used to do like these uh, tours in the summer where we'd go and we'd sing and we had some moves. We'd do some moves and some songs. And then we had some drama that went along with it. We'd go around to churches and do these things, right? And we finally gave Carl. Look, Carl's, Carl's dumber than that music stand right there. Just, We said, Carl, man, we got, we got a line for you this year. You get to talk, Carl. This is your year, man. And Carl's just big, tall, just slow-talking guy. Carl had a mustache at, at like seven. Seriously, straight up, full growth all the way across the top at seven. So, Carl, we give Carl the script, right? And I get, this, is, this is how bad our youth group was. During the, during the very first practice of the new, that we're getting ready for a big summer choir drama tour. Carl has his script, and, and here's the line he delivers. Okay, donkey. Now, here's the line he was supposed to have delivered. Okie dokie. That's true. That's how dumb Carl was. You got it, y'all. You were so close, Carl. He's he's in prison. He's actually in prison. He is. He's he's in prison now. He's not teaching in prison. He's just there, participating in the prisonly activities. And then we had um, we. We had a, another guy in our group, and he was older. He was like the old, old, oldest kid. His name was Jeff, and uh, Jeff, well, Jeff put his eye out one year with firecrackers, um, like out, like put it out, like, hey, it's working one second, next second, gone, gone, eyes just gone, and he one-eyed it, and, and, uh, he is horrible. But look, 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 seriously, as as dysfunctional as a youth group that I grew up in, uh, as weird as it was, and as strange as the people um, were that were a part of, of my youth group, my student ministry, uh, I, I've seen way worse. And not way worse like you, like, like, just kind of dumb, but I'm talking way worse in how um, those students, teenagers, almost teenagers, 
um, how those students um, treated each other and how they acted toward each other and how they got along or, or didn't get along. And I could always tell when I would take our students on trips before, uh, before we started this church in downtown Little Rock. I'd been a youth pastor at a church for um, almost 10 years, a group about this size, a few hundred students. And um, we got the opportunity to go on some really cool trips, um, New York City and, and Orlando. And we got to, when Katrina came through and destroyed uh, the Gulf Coast, we were able to go in that next summer and uh, be a part of some cleanup and relief efforts down there. And uh, it was always a trip where it wasn't just our group. It was our group and then like 10 other youth groups from all over the country would just meet. And then we would come together and we'd do this thing all week long. And I got to be just just terribly honest. These were um, sometimes we would see some of the meanest Christian teenagers. I, I, it just it it blew my mind as I watched these teenagers on a mission trip in the summer helping someone else out. Um, they had paid their own way to, to I mean like three hundred bucks a student just to trash each other and to tear each other down and to fight with each other to make fun of each other. So, Tim, I go back to the, it's my opinion um, that it's critical that as teenagers, some of you almost teenagers, that we pause for a weekend and we talk about this. Because, look, here's what happens. Um, disunified and griping and complaining and fussing and fighting teenagers uh, in a church grow up to be fussing, fighting, terrible Adults in a church. That's what happens. That's what they, that's what we do. Right? Carl. Carl was horrible. I mean, he was always getting in trouble. He was always doing something he wasn't supposed to do. He never listened. He never followed directions. He was always getting kicked out of places. And now Carl has spent much of his adult life locked up. Right, because that's what we do. How we behave now, you know what Dr. Phil would tell you? I'm fixing to tell you. He would say this. He would say the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Right, and here's all that means. Normally, uh, how you've acted in the past is how we'll act in the future. Right, so if we got a bunch of uh, youth groups all over the country, and all we do is rip on each other and tear each other down and 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 gossip and yang yang yang, you're gonna grow up. You're gonna be an adult. You're gonna be in a church, and you're gonna be driving the guy like me, the pastor, absolutely nuts. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do this weekend. We're gonna look at two chapters of scripture. Okay. And um, tonight is going to be pretty interesting. I, I like it. It's a, it's a great passage. I mean, it's, it's good for teenagers because it's nothing but a visual. It's just an illustration. It, it's perfect. And we're going to get to it here in a second. 
And then tomorrow we're going to talk about what it actually looks like when we, uh, when we truly love each other and what happens um, and how that affects people around us. So if you, uh, if you got your Bible, <laughs> nobody moved. I know you're like, oh, it's in my bag. Thank you. Yes, if it's, if it's on your phone, that counts. As Dave said, we're going to be in uh, 1 Corinthians. It's towards the back. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we're going to be tonight. And then we'll look at 13 tomorrow. This is great. This is great stuff. Okay. While you're getting there, okay, while you're turning there, let me kind of give you the um, background of what's going on here. Uh, there's this guy, you probably know about him if you've been around church for a little while. His name is Paul. And Paul writes, where's everybody going? Is there a fire? Oh, Bibles. Okay, Good. okay this guy, Paul, he, uh, he's kind of a missionary type guy. He goes around all over the place and he starts these churches and he gets them going and he kind of gets them staffed. And then he, then he goes somewhere else and he gets another one started and he staffs it and gets it up and running. Right? Then he writes all these letters, and much of the New Testament are these letters. Right? So tonight, for instance, we're in 1 Corinthians. And this was a letter to the church in Corinth. Right? You live there, therefore you are a Corinthian. Just like this is temple, you are a Tlempithian. <laughs> what are you? Templetonian? Who? Templeite? Templesian? <laughs> I don't know what you are. All right, so that's where we are, right? First Corinthians chapter 12. Let me tell you what's going on here. Thanks for coming back. It means a lot. This church that Paul had helped get started, this church in this town, Corinth, um, to use a term from Arkansas, these, these, the people in the church had gotten a little too big for their britches. Right? That's what they'd done. They just got a little too big for their britches. Okay? And they'd started, they started arguing with one another. They started fighting with one another about who, honestly, like who was the best? Who was the coolest? Who had the best, in this passage, who had the, the best spiritual gift? Now look, this is, we don't have the time to get into what spiritual gifts are and what they do and who do, but they were all fighting over um, who kind of had the best talent and the best gift. And so Paul has to write this letter to go, okay, let me, let me break it all down for you. Let me explain what's going on here. Uh, let me tell you who's the most important. Or let me tell you that actually none of you are. So he goes down kind of through the first part of, of chapter 12 here. And he's talking about the spiritual gifts. And he's kind of saying this is what this is. This is what that is. This is what this is. Then we get up to verse number 12. And that's where we're going to be tonight. This is when Paul kind of flips the switch. And he kind of goes youth pastor uh, because he just... He just paints this very vivid picture. I love it. You ready? 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says this. 
The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ or the church. Body of Christ is what he's talking about, the church. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. This is 14. This is going to start getting good. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of a body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of a body? If the whole body were an eye... How would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. And this is, this is the part here where it gets kind of giggly, especially if you're a junior high boy. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the, the most necessary. All the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care, so we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. What? I'm just saying that's what it says. That's why we wear undies. 24. It's in the Bible. Read it. Not making that up. 24. While the, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So this is what it says. So God has put, to get, put the body together that extra honor and care be given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members can care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Then 27, all of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. I just think this is brilliant storytelling. Because Paul's talking to this church that, quite honestly, is, is not unified. They're not, they're not working together as a church, they've kind of splintered up, right? They've kind of broken apart. And there's people going, well, I can prophesy, so I'm most important. And there's people going, well, I can speak in tongues. I can speak in different languages. That's the most important. There are people going, no, I can heal. That's the most important. And Paul says, wait just a second. He says, let's use something that we all are familiar with. Yourself. And he starts going down through this thing going, is one part any more important than the other? He says, is the ear more important than your eye? Or is your foot more important than your head? Or is your nose more important than your arm? And honestly, you know, at, at first, when they were reading this, they were probably thinking, Paul smoke and crack. Right? Because he'd just been talking all like spiritual talk. Right? Hello, ma'am. He'd just been talking a bunch of spiritual talk. I mean, like right before, he'd been talking about spiritual gifts. He'd been getting kind of deep. 
he was explaining this stuff and using some like churchy words. And then he goes right from that to the body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the church. And he says, if the foot says, I mean, he's quoting a foot. Right? This is in your Bible, by the way. This isn't like in your like illustrated Bible that you got when you turn four. Right? This is in the Bible. Right? I mean, it's in quotes in my version. Right? In quote. If the foot says, quote, now the foot's talking. I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand. In quotes. Like Paul's like, okay, foot's done. Foot has said what the foot's going to say. If a foot could talk. That does not make it any less part of the body. Right? And then 16, then if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like the ear is just kind of whiny. And it, ear's just kind of got a chip on his shoulder, feels, feels a chip on his lobe. I don't know what, it, I'm not a part of the body, I'm not an eye. Right, and you know, look, it's just weird for us, okay? And look, not, there's hardly anything that can, like, stun your generation anymore. I mean, you've seen it, right? We've got YouTube. You've seen it all. Like anything there is to see, um, your generation has has witnessed it. You've watched it. Okay, but even reading this now, it's still just kind of weird listening to it, right? I mean, this is just kind of a weird illustration. Think about how strange this must have been a couple thousand years ago. For the leader, the guy that helped get their church started, wrote this long letter with all this really important stuff in it. And then he's quoting ears. (laughs) Then he goes a little further with it, okay? Then he goes a little further with it. He's not just saying um, that the eye is most important. You know, and the eye can't, it's, it's, it's not an ear, so it's, the ear's crying because it's not an eye. Then he goes, but how much weirder would it be, he says, if you were just like a part. Like a foot. Now look, don't get me wrong. Listen. If I woke up in the morning, and I were, say, a... a Five foot eleven foot. There's, I, I would have some advantages. Like, there's some things I could do well, right? S- soccer. Like, I'm not guarding the foot. Kickboxing, mainly, or just kicking. There wouldn't be, the boxing part would be tough. It'd be mainly just. You'd have like one move, huh? What? Who? Jumping. Jumping? Heck yeah. Jumping. Hey, hey, I can promise you right now, in a jumping contest between a gigantic foot and a gigantic ear, foot wins nine out of ten, no doubt about it. 
Right? But all of the things you just said are ridiculous. Because soccer, true, a gigantic six-foot foot could kick the air out of a soccer ball. But you know what? Feet don't got eyes. So the accuracy of that kick, kickboxing, sure, if you could ever land the blow, match over, ring the bell. But if you're some guy that's got eyes, you know what you got to do? Stay out of the way of the foot. You win. The foot will get tired and jump away. Look, this seems, this seems ludicrous, right? And I think it's awesome that this is not even me up here like making up some silly stories to make sure everybody laughs. This is, this is like one of the most serious dudes ever, Paul. I mean, this guy, look, Paul doesn't mess around. Like when he says stuff in the Bible, he's like, bow, bow, bow. But this makes... So much sense. Right? Because I, I bet there's probably two or three that had signed up for this this weekend. Plan on coming. I'm going. I'm going. You told Dave. You told Tim. I'm going. You gave him the money. I'm going. And then they woke up this morning and maybe they were... Feeling a little weird. Maybe get a little achy. Right? Something wasn't working right. What's that called? Sick. (laughs) There's a bunch of weird answers right there I'm not even going to get into. Tractor. What? No. It's no tractor. That's how I got here. Right? That's what we call sick. Right? When something is going on with some part of your body where it is not functioning properly, the doctor says you're sick. Right? And you look, even if it's just a little sick, even a, look, if you just like one time when I was a kid, I was getting ready to go to a, uh, I was getting ready to go to a, like a, a football game with my friend. I was so excited. It was like an Arkansas Razorback game, and we were going to the biggest stadium, and it's fun. And I was about, I don't know, maybe like a sixth grader, maybe. And I was doing my excited going to a football game thing in the living room with my belt, and I was just swinging around because that's what I do when I get ready for a football game. Even to this day, swinging around, and then all of a sudden, pow! Right, in my daggum eye. And look, here's what happened. Yes. You get a bucket. Was that the cow? 
Did the cow say that? It's amazing. And we're rednecks from Arkansas, right? I don't know. Right, so I hit myself in the eye. I hit myself in the eye with my belt, and here's what happened. The buckle, just the little that part of the buckle, just barely scraped my eye. Oh, I got a worse eye story. I, you don't even want to hear it. <laughs> Fifth grade, sixth grade boy, like, bring it. Did it explode? And look, I got to tell you, as excited, as excited as I was to go to that game, it was my first ever, like, major college football game, and I've been, I've been talking about it for weeks. Um, I had a little bitty scratch across my eye, just a little, look, it was just, just a, barely nicked it, and I was miserable the entire game. I mean, you know, you've scratched your eye before. It was just, it was itching. It was bugging me. It, was, it started hurting. Um, the longer we were there, the more it hurt. It was running. It was just, just a little, right? That's what happens. Even when just something little scratches. I've seen some of the toughest football players in high school have to set out a game because they had an ingrown toenail. Right? I mean, have to, like, I cannot put on all of my pads and line up against somebody and smash their head in tonight, which is what I do every Friday night, cave the other team's skull in. I can't do that because my toenail grew a little weird. Do you see how even the smallest thing wrong with our body? can disrupt the whole thing. It doesn't have to be anything major. It can be just something small. Right? So Paul's going. He's saying this. He's saying, one of you is not any more important than the other. It's the first thing he says. He says, the eye is no more important than the ear. And then he says this. Everybody can't be the same. Right? For a functioning body, it takes, it takes all the parts. Right? It takes everything. Now, you know what, though? Some of you are a little more analytical, and you're going, yeah, but, you know, people, sometimes people have accidents, and there's the Surfer Girl movie, and she got ate by a shark, and it chopped her arm off, and she can still surf. But you know what? If you watch that whole movie, you understand that she had to learn how to live differently. Sure, she could still function but from that point forward, she had to function differently. So we can't all be um, the same part. It takes all of us, right? For us to be healthy, for you to be a healthy student ministry, for your small group to be healthy, For your church to be healthy, we've got to realize the same things. One's not, somebody in here is not any more important than the other. No matter what you can do or what you can't do, or if you're good on the stage, or if you're good with art, or if you're a good leader, or if you're, 
not one person in here is more important than the other. And look, I can tell you where we just learned this. You guys have gotten to see this work tonight already, and you didn't even realize it. The band, they've been up here practicing, setting up their stuff, getting everything going, rehearsing all afternoon. They've, they've spent tons of money on their equipment through the years. Right? I mean, these are the kind of guys that go places and get big, big bucks to play in places. And they get up here and get ready to go earlier, and we were switching out computers back in the back. Remember that? And you know what it took to get the worship fully going? The guy that could get the computers hooked up the right way. Right? No matter how cool the band is or how cool this thing is, growing from that guy's face, no matter how cool all of that is, look, they can't do it up here on their own. Right? I mean, just this event tonight took a, an effort from the whole body of Christ. There were people cooking. There were people serving. There were people getting the, the lemonade stuff ready. There were people setting this up. There were people doing the computer. There were people out front. That's how the body functions. And when it doesn't function like that, check it out. It's broken. I spoke at a retreat last weekend. It was one of these, we go to a uh, big fancy retreat center, out in the woods type retreat. And it was for the student ministry of the about the second largest church in Little Rock. I mean, this church is a monster looking building. Right? The steeple goes right up to heaven. It's that big. And to be real honest with you, it was a mess. It was a train wreck. I mean, just a big flipping train wreck. I walked in. I'm the speaker. I got my stuff. I got my Bible and my Coke because that's my stuff. Nobody talked to me. I was like, and look, I'm kind of weird and awkward anyway in most social environments. Like, I'm not like Dave who, like, is pretty comfortable and talking to people. And Tim, kind of silly and kind of comfortable and talking to me. Hey, yo, hey. Like, I, I don't It's pretty good, right, Tim? School Phillies. I'm not like that. I'm the opposite of that. Right? I don't know if you've, like when all y'all came in, like where I went, like I went all the way over here and sat in this very dark corner underneath the screen because I thought maybe they won't see me. And you come up and talk to me like, hey, and I don't even know what to do. I'm like, hmm. Jacket. Wore it. <laughs> so nobody talks to me. Nobody says anything to me. Nobody tells the band anything. 
the band gets ready to worship, and they didn't have a little, like, they weren't switching out computers. Um, there were no words because nobody thought to make up, put the words on the computer or to hook the computer up to the projector. And they got ready, and the band started playing. There was no nothing on the screens. It was bright lights, like all the lights were on in the place. They didn't know where the lights were. Some people just hit the lights, and then all the lights went out, and everybody freaks out because we're at a camp called Camp Bear Track. And you don't get that camp name by not having tracks of bears, right? So they're all screaming and freaking out, and the band's trying to lead worship. It was awful. Kids didn't talk to each other. Like the students themselves just kind of broke up, and their little groups wouldn't have anything to do with each other. Right? You know what that's called? It's called sick. It's sick. It's not functioning properly. I believe the Bible teaches very clearly. In fact, I'll talk a little bit about it tomorrow. But the Bible teaches very clearly the importance of us as believers being unified. And realizing this, look, teenagers, some of you need to hear this. All of, all of us need to hear this. Adults, we need to hear this. Check this out. God has created each of us, every one of us, exactly the way we are. Just the way we are. He has created each one of us, every single one of us in this room, to do something brilliant. To do something amazing. To be a part of this body that we call the church. And without you functioning in it, it will be sick. And when we try to be the most important parts or the most visible parts and we want to brag about how awesome we are, it's sick. But God designed you guys. Here's what's just, this is mind-blowing. God has designed everybody in this room that's sitting in a chair, on the floor, on a couch, in the back, standing up. Every single one of us in this room, exactly the way he wanted us, for his purpose. There's no mess up in this room. Right, I mean, we can all find things wrong with our own personal selves. Like everybody's got like, well, I wish I was taller. I wish I was shorter. I wish I was skinnier. I wish I had more muscles and I could look like the guy speaking tonight. <laughs> See, I just worked that in there, Dave. Just kind of, <laughs> hey, smart group, they caught it. Um. But look, when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to us, the church, when it comes to you, the church, there's nothing that God says, I wish I would have made him a little bit, I wish she would have been a little more, you know, this. Nope. He made you exactly the way he wanted you. I'm going to close with one more passage. I don't have it up on the screen. You don't have to turn to it. But 
it's a passage where Jesus is about to be arrested, um, about to be crucified, and we've got recorded this fairly long prayer. This is kind of like Jesus' last time to kind of get away by himself and to sit and to talk to his Father. And what's found in this prayer is so critical to our faith and to uh, you as a believer, to your church. And there's one part in here I want to read and I want to close with it. Jesus says this. He's just praying, okay? He's praying and this is just a recording of his prayer. And he says, I'm praying not only... For these disciples, he's talking about the guys that were close to him. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who ever believe in me through their message. So Jesus is saying this. He's saying this, my prayer right now is not for just these guys that are close to me, but for anyone who ever believes in me from this point forward. This is what I'm praying for. I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are one. He's talking to God. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Check this out. And may they be in us. May they be one. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. This is... This is critical. You've got to get this. Some of the last words out of Jesus' mouth were that we would be unified. Not just for our own benefit. Not just so that the, that the church won't be sick. He says this, I pray this so that the world will know that I am who I said I was. That the world will know that I am the Messiah. So that the world will know that I can give them eternal life. So that the world will know that I have the authority to forgive their sins and make them new. So my challenge tonight, I'm fixing to close in a word of prayer. We're going to do a couple more songs. So my challenge tonight is this. Listen to me. You as a teenager, or an almost teenager, you've got to understand that you were put here for a reason. You are put here for a purpose. You play a very important part in God's body, in God's family, in the church. There's none of us more important than the other ones. And so what I want to challenge you with tonight is that you begin to think of ways. You begin to dream together, talk together of ways that you guys can support each other, can encourage each other, and can build each other up. Because when you begin doing that, look, all the yeah-yeah stuff that we argue and we complain about and we talk about and her guy and He's looking at me, and she's looking over there, and I was 
you, I thought you were my friend. I thought you were, why'd you go sit by him? And you didn't sit by, all that stuff will disappear. When we begin to understand that we have the power within us, the God-given power within us to build up his body, to build up the church, to make this place healthy, to make this place stronger, so that, not so you can go, oh, we're tight, little group. We hug and cry, and we sway during the slow songs, arm around and shoulder sway. Jesus, he smiles when he sees our youth group get here. Not for that reason. Okay, that's fine and good. But remember, may they be in us. May they be unified. May they be as one. So that the world will believe that you sent me. It's kind of a big responsibility. But it's one we've been given. We got to take it. We got to do something with it. Got to thank you so much um, for this challenging message, God. And honestly, I, I do think so many churches, so many Christians, youth groups, small groups, ministries, I think so many of us just break your heart. God, I think we break your heart because we're not unified, because we fight with each other, and we think we're better than somebody else, or we think we're more important than somebody else, or or maybe even because we don't think we're important at all. I think that breaks your heart too. God, I pray this can be a weekend for these students that, that honestly, they can just push pause Um, and realize who you've created them to be and realize what an amazing opportunity it is to be a part of your body, to be a part of your church, to be a part of this student ministry. And God, that, that responsibility, as big as it is, to, to make this place healthy or to be a, a healthy member God, that we wouldn't run away from that responsibility, that we would just love it. Because nothing's better than when we're feeling healthy. Nothing's better than when our bodies are functioning properly, God. Nothing's better to you than when your church is functioning properly. And it's healthy and it's not sick. So God, I pray that uh, these students this week would just grab a hold of that. Um, and God, that you'd share with them what part they're to play and maybe this weekend there needs to be some healing God maybe there's been some sickness in the group some words said some actions some deeds some attitudes that um, have hurt so God if, if, if the healing is what needs to happen this weekend I pray for that I don't know the situation but you do And God, we just pray that you'll do what only you can do this weekend. 
And God, that what we do here um, would make you smile. 